0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: I give a rat's ass about Twitter.
0: what's better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast presented by locked on it's joe marino and kyle krabs from the draft network and we are your hosts here on this tuesday edition of the show and for the first time in two weeks we are recording remotely kyle it sucks not being with you in the in in the flesh to record the pod but welcome to the show
1: thanks joe feels weird to not see your smiling face next to mine as we record another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast, but here we are. And the bittersweet part of this is I I am excited to kind of take deep dives into players. And what we've done, Joe, is we've targeted two guys who have been kind of buzzy names in recent days. Jawan Taylor, offensive tackle, University of Florida, and DK Metcalf, wide receiver from Ole Miss. And we're going to dive into the tape and and talk about the dynamics of their skill sets and why we feel the way we feel about them and uh, we're going to hope these podcasts throughout the course of the next several weeks we're really going to be able to dig deep into a lot of the upper echelon of this year's draft class
0: yeah no doubt about it so we want to give you all kinds of ways you can consume our analysis on the players and this is just going to be another layer to it and hopefully you guys can Listen to our discussions about these players and maybe even have a greater understanding of what we see, what we don't see, and what we think these players can be. So we're going to have a lot of shows just like this where we'll pick a couple players and really just kind of dig into the traits and talk about what we think these guys can be. And I think we've got a couple of fun players today and uh, and Jawan Taylor from Florida and DK Metcalf from Ole Miss. Which would you like to start with, good sir? Let's start up front, Kyle. Start with the big ugly, Jawan
1: Taylor. Listen, I don't know how ugly you can say this guy's game is because this guy moves really well. Uh, he's listed somewhere around 6'5, 330 pounds, uh, former three star recruit. He's a ju- true junior, so he left Florida early to enter this year's NFL draft. And was reading through John Ledyard's preseason assessment of him. And from what I had seen, you know, John wasn't necessarily off the mark with his impressions of Taylor throughout the course of the summer. But this season really felt like it was a season in which Juwan Taylor really turned the corner a lot of different ways. And uh, This is a big, graceful guy that can move. He's athletic in space. He's athletic in mirror opportunities as a pass rusher. Uh, This isn't a player without his warts, but I don't want to get into negatives right off the bat. I'd rather talk about the length, the functional strength, the athletic ability and the mobility at the line of scrimmage, uh Joe, this has the look and feel of a starting offensive tackle in the n f l
0: yeah there's there's really no question about it, and I think this is this might be the only player that you and I have done the work on together where we were there I mean, we we've done more in the past for whatever reason. we've just been busy when we're together, I haven't been able to get into the tape, but we we did with Juwan taylor and i I started off the 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 night before we really dug into it together. I'm falling asleep. At that coffee shop, man, I hit my wall. Uh and uh Juwan Taylor's tape kept me awake, to be honest with you, because he was so fun. Like you don't normally say watching an offensive lineman is necessarily fun, but he is, and you're just kind of waiting for that next rep where you can you can I can pull you on the on the on the arm and say, Hey man, you got to see this play. Because there were so many instances where he's just moving bodies, he's overwhelming people with power, he's getting to landmarks in space that you just don't see offensive lineman get to and then just a lot of smoothness for a guy that like you said six five probably 330 plus I mean just he's really the total package and one thing that I really like about him is you look at John's preseason assessment and, and I remember watching him as a true freshman he was kind of a buzzy guy he's gotten better every single year and I think he really peaked this season and, and really put together a dominant season we saw him play against Montez Sweat and Josh Allen and uh, the Georgia rushers, DeAndre Walker, uh, he, Brian Burns. I mean, this guy has faced a murderer's row of pass rushers. And I love how if you look at each one of those games, he felt like he was really well prepared for how that particular rusher was going to attack him. And there was a lot of variance in how he combated them. And so, and I, I think we're both on the same page here, that we've got a, a really quality prospect here that looks like he's going to be a starter uh, for a long time to come.
1: No question. So, Joe, my question for you is what did you deem to be his best quality?
0: Yeah, I, I went with pass blocking. I, I think he's just so consistent with how he frames rushers, and he does such a good job of protecting against the B-gap as well as protecting the outside edge track, and he has really good uh, lateral mobility to redirect his weight and really stay balanced to either side. Loved the game against Brian Burns because I thought what he did is he did a great job of taking away Burns' his length and Burns' his flexibility by really forcing him to widen that outside edge track but still guarding against that dynamic spin move that Burns has. So I I just thought that game really sold me on his best trait being that pass-blocking skill set, which maybe you don't expect for a 6'5", 330-pound tackle. Um,
1: pass sets was also my top trait for uh, Jawan Taylor. And my notes for pass sets for him... Included excellent cadence, comfortable with open hips to maximize his drive catch, but still shows understanding of pacing to ensure he doesn't overset against inside counters. Some of that plays into exactly what you were talking about with Brian Burns. Does well to frame his blocks with his base and not get caught with too wide of a base. And Then I continued talking about his functional athleticism, which expands beyond pass sets into just general his skill in space. Uh, superb is nimble for his size. And so sudden sudden acceleration onto the second level or when needing to press upfield to pick off seven second level defenders, mirror skills are strong and shows high end redirection to ride out counters in short spaces. Anything you disagree with there, anything you'd like to add as far as like top shelf traits for Juwan Taylor.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I just to kind of further extend the comments of him on the move and winning in space, really good vertical blocker really good yes uh it just anticipates where the the flow is going to be it takes good angles he's under control in space which you see offensive linemen kind of getting sloppy nah man this guy's smooth uh climbing to the second level but man he he hits blocks in the perimeter too man there you put it in your piece about how Juwan taylor's uh hype is real that that rep where he he pulls and, and actually picks up not only does he pick up the corner out there playing on the boundary, but he puts him on his back. And just I remember when we watched that play together, we're like, we've seen offensive tackles asked to do this all the time. And how often do they get there? It's like very rare. But man, Juwan Taylor just looked supernatural doing it. So can't can't overstate this guy's mobility for his size, that really uh, is really impressive to me. Kyle, can you expand on what you mean by foot cadence? Because I can, I can hear the listeners already saying, what the hell does that mean?
1: Yeah, so, so uh, step cadence and, and excellent cadence with your pass sets is really all about tempering your pace off the line of scrimmage. And I also mentioned uh, drive catch, which plays into your cadence in, as a pass blocker. Uh, that drive catch, uh, it's called a kick slide, is the technique for an offensive tackle when his inside foot is his drive foot. He's driving off of that front heel to get depth off the line of scrimmage and make sure that he's protecting against speed from upfield pass rushers. And then the back foot is the catch foot, the foot that's collecting that momentum as you're driving off that heel. And and he really shows based on the pace of the rusher and the depth of his sets, he's balanced in that instance. He's Mm -hmm. not – really overworking his frame or, or his athletic ability or, or his movement skills to take those vertical sets and get that depth to protect against the speed of someone like a Brian Burns. And he doesn't compromise. The feet never get too narrow. He's got really natural ability to kind of disassociate his hips from his shoulders. And what I mean by that is his shoulders can stay square to the line of scrimmage and in, his, in his stance – his hips are open about 45 degrees. And what that allows you to do is temper your angles in your pass sets to make sure that you are widening out those angles and forcing that pass rusher to face a really steep apex of his turn when he's trying to turn the corner on you. So Jawan Taylor, his ability to get his shoulders facing one direction and his hips facing another direction so that he can properly address the pass rusher while also Complicating that pass rush, I think, are things that he's very, very good at.
0: Kyle, you ready to talk about some of the concerns?
1: Uh, yes, unfortunately, there are a few.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll mention one that stands out to me is I, I, his man. His grip strength is really outstanding. When he puts the clamps on you, it's it, you're done. You're, you're he sustains blocks for a long time and he never slides off. But I, I will say this. Is that he's a bit of a clapper and not a puncher. He really kind of has a low hand carriage, and he almost becomes out and then in, like in a clapping motion, when he's trying to fit his hands and locate his punch. And so, I think that there's room for growth there. Where you know, I think a lot of times I prefer a you know very compact uh, inside punch. And it's the thing is, it didn't really inhibit him. But I think in order for him to really grow and be able to to stun rushers at the next level, I really want to see him get more efficient compact and uh and just better better aimed with that with that punch with his hands kind of the first thing that pops in my mind and i'm sure you're going to talk about leverage here right now
1: yeah i mean that's the hand technique notes for me start with hands are a bit too quote unquote clappy yep. doesn't throw with intentional force or power to stun initial push bypass rushes he's he catches a lot of rushes just because he carries these hands so low on his hips that he's giving up his chest, and as he's absorbing that punch, then he goes to clamp in his hands. Well, I want to see him be more assertive and, and set the tone with that initial stab, and and negate that forward push by pass rushers, so that he's not opening himself up for players who can convert speed to power or power rushers in general to collapse his angles. And what we mean what we mean by that is if I'm on your if I'm your pass rusher and my inside eye is aligned with your outside eye. And I'm able to really roll my hands into you. And as I establish first contact, if I can push you back a half a yard, a yard, I don't have to turn at a 90-degree angle to work my hips across you anymore to turn the corner and go get the quarterback. It's All of a sudden, it's maybe 60 degrees. And that reduction of an angle is noticeable in a lot of plays. So uh, that is an area of concern for him. The other area of concern for me is leverage, as you said. Joe, you said something interesting as I brought this up, you said ultimately your job is to block the guy and make sure he doesn't make the play. And Jawan Taylor does that for sure. But there's a lot of reps where it's just a little bit of details with his hands to kind of yank the shoulders of those defenders at the line of scrimmage, generate some torque and twist, and you know, work your hips upfield so that you've completely walled this guy off instead of just overwhelming him and enveloping him in the phone booth and then assuming he's not going to make the play. Because you're, you're up on top of his toes and he can't disengage from you laterally. If he can start to work his way into those gaps, even just a little bit, he's going to be so much more dominant as a run block than what he is. That comes down to hand usage at the point of attack and then awareness of where the ball carrier is supposed to be.
0: Kyle, it's interesting because we just kind of talked about how he has impressive grip strength leverage issues but he really kind of just controls things at the point of attack he bows his back really well and absorbs contact is it fair to say that he's got good core strength does that kind of speak to that in your opinion that he overcomes a lot of this just because he's powerful throughout his frame but particularly in his core to be able to win despite some technical issues
1: absolutely no question I think that really comes down to uh, you said he bows his back really well. I'd like to see him get his ass down, drop your yeah. hips a little bit. Yeah, A lot of yeah. times his pads are up above the pads of the guy that he's blocking, but he's so strong in the core that he's mm-hmm. not conceding that space. If he just engages his glutes more and doesn't rely on his core to do all the work for him, he's going to be overwhelming. He's going to be extremely yeah. difficult to collapse.
0: Yeah. So uh guess to tie a ribbon here on the Juwan Taylor discussion, we're talking about a first-round offense tackle. No question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you, you kind of put his floor at Houston. Uh, where are they, Twenty, early twenty, 23. something like that? Yeah, 23. 23. And then, I mean, I think he's probably in play starting with Buffalo at nine. I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a nice little range for him, and, and I, I think he'd be worth that pick. Probably a right tackle. I don't think he can't play left tackle, and I don't think he can't play guard. I just feel like there's been so much growth from him at right tackle that I, I don't really want to move him.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's given you no reason to question. And this was the first year it really felt like he turned the corner and he did so at right tackle. There's no right. shame in being a great right tackle in the NFL. It's not like left right. tackle is like the only place that you could play if you're a premier offensive tackle in the NFL.
0: Yeah, good Playing pass rush. right tackle.
1: Can, yep. Right. I they agree. come from both sides.
0: So, uh, Kyle, uh, you know, ever since we started podcasting, people have questions for us about who to bet on and the truth is we don't always know who to bet on but if you think you know you've got to check out my bookie remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with that's why i'm always going to tell you to bet with my bookie trust me guys they are your best bet this season they've been in business for years have great reviews online and their mobile site is easy to use you can lay down some cash and win big today I'd only recommend a service to our listeners that's been good to us. That's why we're urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. You got to use our promo code which is locked on 25 to activate the offer. Visit mybookie online today. That's m y b o o k i e and don't forget to use our promo code locked on 25 when creating your account to claim that bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. We'll be right back after this to talk about DK Metcalf. All right Kyle. Wide receiver one time, man. I don't know if you know. I, I you know I'm on that train. I don't know if you are or not. Maybe you'll reveal that by the end of this conversation. But man, Ole Miss wide receiver DK Metcalf, just a redshirt sophomore, and he seems like he's such a polarizing player in this class. For some reason, right? I don't know if it's, it's the production, it's the limited route tree, it's the neck injury, but. I think if if you really extrapolate his traits, you've got a, a guy with the upside to be a premier wide receiver in the NFL.
1: Uh, Joe, I currently also sit in the Metcalf wide receiver one boat. Uh, I got quite a bit of pushback from Oakland Raiders fans for mocking DK Metcalf fourth overall to the Raiders in my mock draft that dropped yesterday, mock draft 5.0. And my, my justification was the Raiders' wide receivers to end the season were Jordy Nelson, Marcel Aitman, Seth Roberts, Dwayne Harris, and Keon Hatcher. Do I need to read those five names again? <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I don't get it, man. Holy I don't shit, get it. Holy <laughs> shit,
1: man. Like, that is a brutal stat. Like, don't sit here and tell, well, Raiders got Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson's 33 thought about retiring midseason, okay? Wide receiver is a massive need, and – uh DK Metcalf, man, he's been medically cleared, so you know physically he's primed to go. He's good to go. And you just look at the explosive plays that this guy generates down the field. It's pretty apparent. Like People want to draw and look at A.J. Brown's production in the Mississippi offense and say, well, you know, if Metcalf was any good, he'd be the guy that ran the offense through. I don't necessarily know how true that is, you know? I see here, and I saw a lot of manufactured targets for A.J. Brown. Tons. I don't, I don't care what the context is. I don't know why it is, but it's pretty apparent you watch this offense play, and that's the guy they chose that they wanted to run the offense through. But Metcalf, dynamic, down-the-field receiver, explosive plays, averaged almost 22 yards a catch this year at his size. Joe, I know you've seen pictures of this dude when he was like 18, 19 years old. Yep, and yep. he is a physical freak as far as his size, speed, explosiveness. And it's not even that he doesn't know how to run routes or anything like that. I don't know where this narrative came that, that Metcalf is kind of a one trick pony and a nine route runner. And I'd be interested to open the floor to you because you're the one that that has the bleeding heart for DK Metcalf. <laughs> kind of set the table for everybody as far as what you saw and why you're so high.
0: Yeah, I mean, so just a a couple other things here. The dude benched 100 pounds when he was five years old. I repeat, he benched 100 pounds when he's five years old. He's got because I read it in an article right here about his five years old. He benched 100 pounds at five years old. Yeah, at five years old. Uh, training, right? So he's got good NFL bloodlines. His father, Terrence. His uncle, Eric Metcalf, Cleveland Browns, remember him? And his grandfather, Terry Metcalf, all played in the NFL. There are 27 seasons of NFL experience combined between those three players. Uh, I mean, he's power cleaning 350 pounds when he's 19 years old. This guy's built like whatever you want. To, I mean, just unbelievable body composition, right? He's a freak. And he does rare and special things on the football field. What I, what I love about him, let me just kind of take you through him, man like very nuanced guy and how he gets off the line of scrimmage. If you want to try to cover uh, line up on top of him and press coverage, he has a ton of different uh, techniques with his hands and his feet to clear press coverage. He has ridiculous acceleration for his size, but not just for his size like he has ridiculous acceleration. A guy that I think has the pure speed to just run by defensive backs. For a guy that's of his size, his ability to sink his hips and turn and, and sell his route breaks and get very clean turns is very, very impressive. He's got length for days at the catch point. Now, there are some I, I, there are some times where maybe I want him to be a little bit more consistent in contested situations, but there are some peaks on film of him winning in contested situations that are Randy Moss-like. I mean... I just feel like it's you can gripe about <clears throat> maybe a limited route tree or whatever that AJ Brown got more receptions, but like watch this, watch the traits. Extrapolate the traits, and you have everything that you need to have a dynamic number one highly productive receiver in the NFL. He's young, and I just think his his upside is the highest of any offensive prospect in this year's class. Uh so the questions with with Metcalf are
1: really going to be centered around the technical side of his game, because all we did here was sit, we sat here and ooze praise towards the physical traits that he brings to the table. Uh, I want to, I want to read two qualities of his that talk about technique for Metcalf, and then I'll open the floor for you, Joe, to do the same on things that we're looking at on the film. I'm going to start with this route running and, and addressing getting off the line of scrimmage shows very good footwork at the line of scrimmage to defeat press coverage, and create false steps inside the the contact window. Does well to bend back across the face of leveraged defenders on vertical stems. What do I mean by that? When he's pressing up the field, he will manipulate you with how he releases to force you as a defender, whether you're in man or zone to follow him because you're trying to stay leveraged on his route. And then he'll work back across your face And he's created a larger throwing window because he's forced you to vacate your primary and initial alignment at the line of scrimmage. That's a very important quality for a vertical receiver to have. This is not just a guy that's going to run past you. Then I talk about his hands. Does not always address the ball with proper hand alignment and needs better consistency extending to reach for the ball and optimize his catch radius. What does that mean? Depending on the trajectory of the football, you either want to have the, the, the fingers turned up with the index fingers and thumbs together, or you want to turn the hands down and have the pinkies touching together. He will look to turn his hands over and try and catch that football in some awkward instances at sometimes That is a technical area of his game that does need to get better. But the strength through his hands is present to control the football through contact. That gets back into some of the contested catch situations. When he's forced to play above the rim, And he does elevate. He meets the apex of that football away from his frame, especially when it's up over top of his head. And that is an area for a guy that's listed at 6'3", 225, and has the explosive qualities that he has. You're going to put a ball up over the rim and ask him to go pluck it off the top of a guy's helmet. He has the ability to do that. He's shown the skills to do that. And then he also adds on top of that the fact that he will manipulate coverage with his release off the line of scrimmage. There's a technical side to him that I think it's underappreciated just because people want to talk about his physical qualities.
0: Yeah, and, and I'd like to just kind of mention my comments on his route running because I think there's a lot of parallels. And the criticisms towards his route running is is really – I don't understand it. Here's what I had to say. He wins routes early with dynamic hand and footwork in his release, knows how to work his route stem to manipulate the corner, establish leverage, and sell his brakes. Hasn't been tasked with running an overly expansive route tree, but the traits are present to be an outstanding route runner and separator in the NFL, rare acceleration for his size, and springs explosively out of his brakes, understands where zone coverage is soft and adjusts, alters his tempo effectively. So every bit of quality that you need to be a good route runner exists within his skill set don't hate on the kid because he wasn't asked to do what you want him to do he can do it and and the fact that he's got that lineage of, of NFL players in his family further speaks to my belief that he can, he's going to be just fine as a route runner yeah anytime you got three guys in the immediate family that have
1: an average of nine years tenure in the NFL you know right. you're, you're You're going to come up with a a certain football IQ, I think. No question. Just to kind of echo some of the things that you talked about uh, with his change of direction skills, notes that I have in that area for him will snap hard off of his stem and carry speed, creating a headache for defenders to try and stay attached when playing overhead in leverage situations. So if you're over top of him and he's pressing up on you and he really rolls out of the line of scrimmage and keeps those shoulders down and he's selling that vertical stem and he runs a speed out, or if he's going to run a stop pattern, or a dig, or work back to the line of scrimmage out of that hard vertical press, he carries that speed extremely well in the instances that he's been asked to do that. So I think those things combine, and you can, as you said, Joe, kind of extrapolate some qualities here and get excited about his skills as a route runner beyond what he was asked to do.
0: I uh, want to mention real quick his yak ability. My notes here: rare burst and acceleration for his size to create for himself post catch. Willing to challenge tacklers with physicality and showcases a strong stiff arm with his offhand, is competitive and decisive as a ball carrier, will force defensive backs to make business decisions. We are talking about a three-level threat here. This isn't a vertical guy, just a straight line, go get behind the secondary. This isn't just a guy that's going to cross the face of defensive backs and work the intermediate areas of the field. This is a guy that can also, you can you can get him the ball in short areas and ask him to create post-catch, and he can do that. There's no limitations here. So, like, I think there's some bad narratives with, with DK Metcalf, and I don't get it. I don't know if people are worried about the neck thing. He's been cleared for full activity. He's going to compete fully in the combine. I mean, wide receiver one, rare traits. He does rare things on the field.
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't know where the narrative comes from. Maybe we'll never know. But what we do know is Draft Dudes is going to be back tomorrow with another episode. So if you guys would be so kind as to hit that subscribe button. Come back and see us. We had a great time breaking down football players. Joe, this was fun. I feel like this was the first time all year we really really went like in depth yeah. in players.
0: Yeah, enjoyed it.
1: Had a chance to enjoyed really it. unwrap each one of these two players, Florida's Juwan Taylor and Mississippi's DK Metcalf. So if you have any players you'd like to hear us talk about in the immediate future, please let us know. You can reach us on Twitter. Joe is at the Joe Marino. I'm at Cryo Crabs grinding the tape on Twitter as well. Thanks, as always, for listening to Draft Dudes Podcast. We'll be back to talk to you guys again on Wednesday.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.